Book One, Canto Six of the Fairy Queen by Edmund Spencer. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Thomas Copeland. Canto Six. From lawless lust, by wondrous grace, fair Una is released, whom salvage nation does adore and learns her wise behest. As when a ship that flies fair under sail, and hidden rock escaped hath unwares, that lay in wait her rack for to bewail, the mariner yet half amazed stares at peril past, and yet in doubt ne dares to joy at his fool happy oversight, so doubly is distressed twixt joy and cares the dreadless courage of this elfin knight, having escaped so sad examples in his sight. Yet sad he was that his too hasty speed the fair duess had forced him leave behind, and yet more sad that Una, his dear dreed, her truth had stained with treason so unkind. Yet crime in her could never creature find, but for his love and for her own self-sake she wandered had from one to other eind, him for to seek, nay ever would forsake, till her unwares the fierce sands Lloyd did overtake who, after Archimago's foul defeat, led her away into a forest wild, and turning wrathful fire to lustful heat, with beastly sin thought her to have defiled, and made the vassal of his pleasures vile. Yet first he cast, by treaty and by trains, her to persuade, that stubborn fork to yield, for greater conquest of hard love he gains that works it to his will than he that it constrains. With fawning words he courted her a while, and looking lovely and oft sighing sore, her constant heart did tempt with diverse guile. But words and looks and sighs she did abhor, as rock of diamond steadfast evermore. Yet for to feed his fiery lustful eye he snatched the veil that hung her face before. Then gan her beauty shine as brightest sky, and burnt his beastly heart to force her chastity. So when he saw his flattering arts to fail, and subtle engines bet from battery, with greedy force he gan the fort assail, whereof he weaned possessed soon to be, and win rich spoil of ransacked chastity. Ah, heavens that do this hideous act behold, and heavenly virgin thus outraged see, how can ye vengeance just so long withhold, and hurl not flashing flames upon that pain embold? The piteous maiden, careful, comfortless, does throw out thrilling shrieks and shrieking cries, the last vain help of women's great distress, and with loud plaints importunate the skies, that molten stars do drop like weeping eyes. And Phoebus, flying so most shameful sight, his blushing face in foggy cloud implies and hides for shame. What wit of mortal wight can now devise to quit a thrall from such a plight? Eternal providence, exceeding thought, where none appears can make herself away. A wondrous way it for this lady wrought from lion's claws to pluck the gripe and prey. Her shrill outcries and shrieks so loud did bray that all the woods and forests did resound. A troop of fawns and satyrs far away within the wood were dancing and around, whiles old Sylvanus slept in shady arbor sound who, when they heard that piteous strained voice, in haste forsook their rural merriment, and ran towards that far-rebounded noise to weet what white so loudly did lament. Under the place they come incontinent, 
whom when the raging Saracen espied, a rude, misshapen, monstrous rabblement, whose like he never saw, he durst not bide, but got his ready steed and fast away gan ride. The wild wood gods arrived in the place, there find the virgin, doleful, desolate, with ruffled raiments and fair blubbered face, as her outrageous foe had left her late, and trembling yet through fear of former hate. All stand amazed at so uncouth sight, and gin to pity her unhappy state. All stand astonished at her beauty bright, in their rude eyes, unworthy of so woeful plight. She, more amazed, in double dread doth dwell, and every tender part for fear to shake. As when a greedy wolf, through hunger fell, a silly lamb, far from the flock does take, of whom he means his bloody feast to make, a lion spies, fast running towards him, the innocent prey in haste he does forsake, which, quit from death, yet quakes in every limb with change of fear to see the lion look so grim. Such fearful fit assayed her trembling heart, ne word to speak, ne joint to move she had. The salvage nation feel her secret smart, and read her sorrow in her countenance sad. Their frowning foreheads, with rough horns eclad and rustic horror, all aside do lay, and gently grinning, show a semblance glad to comfort her, and fear to put away. Their backward bent knees teach her humbly to obey. The doubtful damsel dare not yet commit her single person to their barbarous truth, but still twixt fear and hope amazed does sit, late learned what harm to hasty truth ensueth. They, in compassion of her tender youth and wonder of her beauty sovereign, are one with pity and unwonted ruth, and all prostrate upon the lowly plain do kiss her feet, and fawn on her with countenance vain. Their hearts she guesseth by their humble guise, and yields her to extremity of time. So from the ground she fearless doth arise, and walketh forth without suspect of crime. They all as glad as birds of joyous prime, thence lead her forth, about her dancing round, shouting and singing all a shepherd's rhyme, and with green branches strowing all the ground, do worship her as queen, with olive girland crowned. And all the way their merry pipes they sound, that all the woods with doubled echo ring, and with their horned feet do wear the ground, leaping like wanton kids in pleasant spring. So towards old Sylvanus they her bring, who with the noise awaked cometh out to weet the cause, his weak steps governing and aged limbs on cypress statel stout, and with an ivy twine his waist is girt about. Far off he wonders what them makes so glad, or Bacchus' merry fruit they did invent, or Sibylle's frantic fits have made them mad. They, drawing nigh unto their god, present that flower of faith and beauty excellent. The god himself, viewing that mirror rare, stood long amazed, and burnt in his intent. His own fair dry-up now he thinks not fair, and folo foul, when her to this he doth compare. The wood-born people fall before her flat, and worship her as goddess of the wood, and old Sylvanus' self bethinks not what to think of white so fair, but gazing stood in doubt to deem her born of earthly brood. Sometimes Dame Venus' self he seems to see, but Venus never had so sober mood. Sometimes Diana he her takes to be, but misseth bow and shafts and buskins to her knee. By view of her he ginneth to revive his ancient love and dearest Cyparus, 
and calls to mind his portraiture alive, how fair he was, and yet not fair to this, and how he slew with glancing dart amiss a gentle hind, the which the lovely boy did love as life above all worldly bliss, for grief whereof the lad knowed after joy, but pined away in anguish and self-willed annoy. The woody nymphs, fair Hamadryades, her to behold, do thither run apace, and all the troop of lightfoot Naiades flock all about to see her lovely face. But when they view it have her heavenly grace, they envy her in their malicious mind, and fly away for fear of foul disgrace. But all the satyrs scorn their woody kind, and henceforth nothing fair but her on earth they find. Glad of such luck, the luckless lucky maid did her content to please their feeble eyes, and long time with that salvage people stayed to gather breath in many miseries, during which time her gentle witch she plies to teach them truth which worshipped her in vain, and made her the image of idolatries. But when their bootless zeal she did restrain from her own worship, they her ass would worship fain. It fortunate a noble warlike knight by just occasion to that forest came to seek his kindred and the lineage right from whence he took his well-deserved name he had in arms abroad won muchal fame and filled far lands with glory of his might plain faithful true and enemy of shame and ever loved to fight for ladies right but in vainglorious phrase he little did delight a satyr's son, a born in forest wild by strange adventure, as it did betide, and there, begotten of a lady mild, fair Thyamus, the daughter of Labride, that was in sacred bands of wedlock tied to Therian, a loose, unruly swain, who had more joy to range the forest wide and chase the salvage beast with busy pain than serve his lady's love and waste in pleasures vain. The forlorn maid did with love's longing burn, and could not lack her lover's company. But to the wood she goes to serve her turn, and seek her spouse that from her still does fly, and follows other game and venery. A satyr chanced her wandering for to find, and kindling coals of lust in brutish eye, the loyal links of wedlock did unbind, and made her person thrall unto his beastly kind. So long in secret cabin there he held her captive to his sensual desire, till that with timely fruit her belly swelled, and bore a boy unto that savage sire. Then home he suffered her for to retire for ransom, leaving him that late-born child, whom till to riper years he gan aspire he nursled up in life and manners wild, amongst wild beasts and woods from laws of men exiled. For all he taught the tender imp, was but to banish coward eyes and bastard fear. His trembling hand he would him force to put upon the lion and the rugged bear, and from the she-bear's teats her whelps to tear, and eke wild roaring bulls he would him make to tame and ride their backs not made to bear, and the roebucks in flight to overtake that every beast for fear of him did fly and quake. Thereby, so fearless and so fell he grew, that his own sire and maester of his guise did often tremble at his horrid view, and oft for dread of hurt would him advise the angry beasts not rashly to despise, nor too much to provoke, for he would learn the lion stoop to him in lowly wise, a lesson hard, and make the libbard stern leave roaring when in rage he for revenge did earn. 
and for to make his power approve it more wild beasts in iron yokes he would compel the spotted panther and the tusked boar the pardale swift and the tiger cruel the antelope and wolf both fierce and fell and them constrain in equal team to draw such joy he had their stubborn hearts to quell and sturdy courage tame with dreadful awe that his behest they feared as a tyrant's law his loving mother came upon a day into the woods to see her little son and chanced unwares to meet him in the way after his sports and cruel pastime done when after him a lioness did run that roaring all with rage did loud requeer her children dear whom he away had won the lion whelped she saw how he did bear and lull in rugged arms withouten childish fear the fearful dame all quaked at the sight and turning back gan fast to fly away until with love revoked from vain affright she hardly yet persuaded was to stay and then to him these womanish words gan say ah oh, saturnine my dearling and my joy for love of me leave off this dreadful play to dally thus with death is no fit toy go find some other play fellows mine own sweet boy in these and like delights of bloody game he trained was till riper years he wrought and there abode whilst any beast of name walked in that forest whom he had not taught to fear his force and then his courage hot desired a foreign foeman to be known and far abroad for strange adventures sought in which his might was never overthrown but through all fairy land his famous worth was blown yet evermore it was his manner fair after long labours and adventures spent unto those native woods for to repair to see his sire and offspring ancient and now he thither came for like intent where he unwares the fairest una found strange lady in so strange habiliment teaching the satyrs which her sat around true sacred lore which from her sweet lips did redound he wondered at her wisdom heavenly rare whose like in women's wit he never knew and when her courteous deeds he did compare gan her admire and her sad sorrows rue blaming a fortune which such troubles threw and joyed to make proof of her cruelty on gentle dames so hurtless and so true thenceforth he kept her goodly company and learned her discipline of faith and verity but she all vowed unto the red cross knight his wandering peril closely did lament nay in this new acquaintance could delight but her dear heart with anguish did torment and all her wit in secret counsel spent how to escape at last in privy wise to saturnine she showed her intent who glad to gain such favour can devise how with that pensive maid he best might thence arise so on a day when satyrs all were gone to do their service to sylvanus old the gentle virgin left behind alone he led away with courage stout and bold too late it was to satyrs to be told or ever hope recover her again in vain he seeks that having cannot hold so fast he carried her with careful pain that they the woods are past and come now to the plain the better part now of the lingering day they travelled had when as they far espied a weary wight for wandering by the way and towards him they gan in haste to ride to wheat of news that did abroad betide or tidings of her knight of the red cross 
but he them spying gan to turn aside for fear as seemed or for some feigned loss more greedy they of news fast towards him to cross a silly man in simple weeds forworn and soiled with dust of the long dried way his sandals were with toilsome travel torn and face all tanned with scorching sunny ray as he had travelled many a summer's day through boiling sands of araby and ind and in his hand a jacob's staff to stay his weary limbs upon and eke behind his script did hang in which his needments he did bind the knight approaching nigh of him inquired tidings of war and of adventures new but wars no new adventures none he heard then una gan to ask if aught he knew or heard abroad of that her champion true that in his armour bare a crosslet red ay me dear dame quoth he well may i rue to tell the sad sight which mine eyes have read these eyes did see that night both living and eke dead that cruel word her tender heart so thrilled that sudden cold did run through every vein and stony horror all her senses filled with dying fit that down she fell for pain the knight her lightly reared up again and comforted with courteous kind relief then won from death she bade him tell in plain the further process of her hidden grief the lesser pangs can bear who hath endured the chief then gan the pilgrim thus i chanced this day this fatal day that shall i ever rue to see two knights in travel on my way a sorry sight arranged in battle new both breathing vengeance both of wrathful hue my fearful flesh did tremble at their strife to see their blades so greedily imbrue that drunk with blood yet thirsted after life what more the red cross knight was slain with pain and knife ah oh, dearest lord quoth she how might that be and he the stoutest knight that ever won ah oh, dearest dame quoth he how might i see the thing that might not be and yet was done where is said saturnine that paynim's son that him of life and us of joy hath reft not far away quoth he he hence doth won for by a fountain where i late him left washing his bloody wounds that through the steel were cleft therewith the knight thence marched forth in haste while zuna with huge heaviness oppressed could not for sorrow follow him so fast and soon he came as he the place had guessed whereas that pagan proud himself did rest in secret shadow by a fountain side even he it was that erst would have suppressed fair una whom when saturnus spied with foul reproachful words he boldly him defied and said arise thou cursed miscreant that hast with nightless guile and treacherous train fair knighthood foully shamed and dost vaunt that good knight of the red cross to have slain arise and with like treason now maintain thy guilty wrong or else thee guilty yield the saracen this hearing rose amain and catching up in haste his three square shield and shining helmet soon him buckled to the field and drawing nigh him said ah misborn elf in evil hour thy foes thee hither sent another's wrongs to wreak upon thyself yet ill thou blamest me for having blent my name with guile and traitorous intent that red cross knight pretty i never slew but had he been where erst his arms were lent then chanter vain his error should not rue 
but thou his error shalt i hope now proven true wherewith they gan both furious and fell to thunder blows and fiercely to assail each other bent his enemy to quell that with their force they pierced both plate and mail and made wide furrows in their fleshes frail that it would pity any living eye large floods of blood adown their sides did rail but floods of blood could not them satisfy both hungered after death both chose to win or die so long they fight and fell revenge pursue that fainting each themselves to breathen let and oft refreshed battle oft renew as when two boars with rankling malice met their gory sides fresh bleeding fiercely fret till breathless both themselves aside retire where foaming wrath their cruel tusks they whet and trample the earth the whiles they may respire then back to fight again new breathed and entire so fiercely when these knights had breathed once they gan to fight return increasing more their puissant force and cruel rage at once with heaped strokes more hugely than before that with their dreary wounds and bloody gore they both deformed scarcely could be known by this fair una fraught with anguish sore led with their noise which through the air was thrown arrived where they in earth their fruitless blood had sown whom all so soon as that proud saracen espied he gan revive the memory of his lewd lusts and late attempted sin and left the doubtful battle hastily to catch her newly offered to his eye but saturnine with strokes him turning stayed and sternly bade him other business ply than hunt the steps of pure unspotted maid wherewith he all enraged these bitter speeches said o foolish fairy son what fury mad hath thee incensed to haste thy doleful fate were it not better i that lady had than that thou hadst repented it too late most senseless man he that himself doth hate to love another lo then for thine aid here take thy lover's token on thy pate so they to fight the whilst the royal maid fled far away of that proud paynim sore afraid but that false pilgrim which that leasing told being indeed old archimage did stay in secret shadow all this to behold and much rejoiced in their bloody fray but when he saw the damsel pass away he left his dawn and her pursued apace in hope to bring her to her last decay but for to tell her lamentable case and eke this battle's end will need another place end of book one canto six recording by thomas copeland